Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. So we're going to talk in a minute about, you know, the big win, Xander, Cantlay, mm-hmm. you know, two guys who they know how to win and yeah, uh, winning sure in that team format was really exciting. But there's one thing I got to bring up first because it, it was, we really dug in on this in the Golficity Clubhouse uh, this weekend and, and cheers to you guys for, for bringing this one up because it, it sparked a really fun conversation. If you're not already part of the Golficity Clubhouse, make sure you go to com slash clubhouse. Uh, it's free to join and we're actually giving away a driver in there. That's right. Yes. So you're going to want to be a part of it. But here's the question for you guys. You're out there, you're playing a match with your buddy um, and it's he's got a three footer and you the kind person that you are, you say, you know what? That's good. That's good by me. And then get remember, this is match play. They say that's good by me. Now your buddy then proceeds to putt it anyway and misses. The question is, are you then counting that as a refusal of your gimme and counting his stroke and saying, no, you took the putt, that counts? Or does it hold up? Does the concession hold up? Now we do know the answer to this. We're going to get into it, but I had to do some digging for it. Mm-hmm. I want to know more. So what do you guys think? Like what, what should be the ruling here? If your guy does not take the gimme or just keeps putting. And I want to dive in here in a second to some of the, the clubhouse answers and what some people were saying, but what's your thoughts, Mike? My initial out of the gate, if I'm in a friendly match and I can see the putt and he goes and he hits it and he misses, I'm, don't even think twice. I gave it to him already. You already gave it to yeah. him. Yeah. Friendly match. Friendly match. Well, to me, and, and and I would when I initially had thought about it before I looked up the ruling, my thinking was, well, that depends. Like, is it clearly a practice? Is it clearly a practice stroke? Because you mm-hmm. think about it, you watch something like the WGC Dell, mm-hmm. PGA Tour, it's match play, right? Sometimes when the hole is over, you see those guys drop a couple putts and they'll putt. Sure. Which by the way sidebar as i'm looking this up i I saw this and found this out you know it because the ball is not in play after it's been holed out the ball doesn't go back into play until you tee it up and tee off on the next hole Mm -hmm. you know you can take practice putts in your regular round even if it was a stroke play round after you hole out if you're out there playing you could take some practice putts wow it doesn't count the reason you don't see it on the pga tour is they create to keep things moving and Mm -hmm. it's more of a pace of play than anything else there's a local rule in play saying that you can't take practice putts during stroke play events uh, after. Interesting. So I thought that was very interesting. But now one thing I would say is before you go and just do it, mm. check that there's not a, a local rule at play that day. Because for pace of play, they don't want people standing around on the greens. And we all know this. You're waiting to hit up on a green. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So going back to it, I thought, well, maybe if it's, if it's, a, if it's a clear practice stroke, then and it's not the guy attempting to make the putt as part of his score for the hole then I'm fine with it, right? But how do you really tell that? But a lot of you guys weighed in and we're saying things like, you know, if a guy is, is not, um, it, like I'm trying to paraphrase, I'm reading through some of these, but some of you guys are saying like, look, if a guy's not going to willing to take your ger- generosity, then that's on him. Yeah. Right? Mm, I could see that. So interestingly enough, I did so, like I said, I did some digging to find out what it is. And the answer is that once that putt is conceded, the hole is over. And interestingly, you can't decline my concession. Interesting. So looked it up under, you know, and why rule would anyone three, ever decline? But okay. Re, rule three B in the USGA rule book under mm. concessions, a concession is final and cannot be declined nor withdrawn. So I can't say, I can't say, Mike, that putt's good. You hit, you hit a practice putt or you hit a putt, whatever it is you miss. I'm saying, Whoa, that nope. 
That yeah. counts. Mm-hmm. I can't. Because once I say, Mike, that putt is good, you're in. Holds over, over for you. It's a concession. Concession cannot be declined or withdrawn. Okay. Wow. So if you're ever out there in that scenario, maybe it's a not so friendly match and somebody mm-hmm. gives you a putt and you putt it anyway and they say, well, you didn't take my gimme. You can reference. It's actually rule 3B2. Uh, yeah, rule 3B2. <laughs> okay. So and it says a concession is final, cannot be declined or withdrawn. Give it to someone. That's it. It's done. That's it. So after that, you're just practicing. Practice your putt and moving on to the next hole. Interesting. Okay. But I thought that was an interesting one. And I think it might come as a surprise to a lot of golfers who've casually been playing rounds for a long time and thinking, hey, if if I say it's good by me and my, and the guy doesn't do it, mm-hmm. then whatever. Now, there's also, keep in mind, a lot of times golf can be very fluid when it comes to a casual round. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, even if it's not match play and we're just trying to move along. Right. Sometimes one guy in the round will say, hey, that, that putt's good by me. Now, if the person you're talking to is playing stroke play and maybe they want to enter a handicap, mm-hmm. maybe sure. they want to putt everything all the way out. Right. That's different. We're talking specifically match play. Yeah. So there's some sense. interesting stuff. If you haven't familiarized yourself with the rule book in a while, dig do a little dive because there's some interesting I'm stuff sure in there. I'm sure there's some interesting rules in there, things you never heard of. Yeah. That, that is interesting. So but, the hole is complete. It is complete. And you concede. Once, like I said, huh. that's the main thing. Once it's conceded, it cannot be declined or withdrawn. So I can't tell you no, I don't want that concession. <laughs> and you can't say, well, I take that back. Yeah. No, it's it's over. It's conceded. Wow. It's done. That's your match play. So keep that in mind next time you're out there playing a match. And, and one thing you guys said in the clubhouse, a couple of you weighed in on this and say, well, that certainly makes me uh, really think before I give anything. Yeah. It's right. like, yeah. For real, when you give it, you that's saying that's a full concession. So, guys, we had a lot of fun with that in the clubhouse. So, if you're not already part of the clubhouse, yeah. make sure you join it. Um, Mike, you said you you were watching a bunch of the Zurich this past weekend. You said you were uh, enjoying was, the format. I, I liked seeing uh, the guys go low in their best ball format because it's stuff that you and I have done. It kind of reminds me of the YouTube videos that you and I create with best balls. How low can you go? Then they did the alt shot format, which obviously doesn't yield as low because um, you're, you're depending on your, your playing partner's lie and where they hit it. There's a lot of strategy out there, a lot of guys talking to each other. So it had a very Ryder Cup type of feel. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed getting that feel in April. You know, it, 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 And, you know, we knocked the Zurich as, as a joke. It's kind of like a, a team event. It's, it's almost not a full uh, event with big-name players, things like that. But I got to tell you, it was fun. It doesn't get much Junior. bigger than Cantlay and, and Shuffle. Yeah, that's true. And and it was nice to even see some of the bigger names in the field to struggle. I think Hovland, Morikawa missed the cut. Yeah. You know, and 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 there you have the ability to go. You got guys like Hovland, Morikawa on your team, and you can't make a cut in a best ball format. You well, I'll tell you tough. what. You know who's got to be watching and thinking about these things are your captains for your President's Cup yeah. and your Ryder mm-hmm. Cup and thinking like who are these guys that play well together, who does, who don't. Right. Um, and I mean, watch out for the way that, you know, Xander and Patrick played together. Yeah. Um, They're electric together. I could see those guys being paired up together. They're definitely going to be paired up without question. It's already been said. I know a lot of the captains, there was even some type of like present cups, like dinners or stuff down there at the Zurich. It's a good little trial. Yeah, it really is. You know, so they're getting ready for it. Um, I think um, Leash and and Cam Smith were another duo that are also going to be a President's Cup duo Mm -hmm. this year. Um, and, and so on and so forth. And those so, are guys who've won that event before. Yeah. Um, it was also cool because sometimes when you do have these kind of 
slightly less conventional formats, you get some other things that you might not have otherwise seen. And you saw Jay Haas. That was a cool story. Yeah. So he became the the oldest golfer to make the cut in a tour event, um, beating out Sam Snead. So he played with his son. And what was interesting about this story, which I loved so much, is that I don't know if you know Bill Haas. He, he was a big time player on tour. I believe he won the FedEx Cup one year. He had that water shot. Was that? Yeah, that remember, remember remembers the water shot. Yeah. So win the FedEx Cup. And he was on top of his game at that point, And then he kind of fizzled. And you, didn't, you haven't heard much from Bill Haas lately. And I heard he was on an exemption here. And he could have went out there and picked anyone to play with to try to get his golf career back on track. But instead, he took his dad. Such a cool story. And it's a cool story. You know, I'll go out there with my father and go play. And they made the cut. I believe they made the they cut. They did make the cut. So that's how he, he ended up getting this, this um, what do you call it? The record of, yes. of being the oldest there you go. to make the cut in an event. Now, it's a team event, but still. Just incredible to see uh, him playing golf still at that level, such yep. a high level at his age. He's cool. So that was really cool. And then, of course, you had some, some ups and downs. Uh, <laughs> team Kisner struggled a bit yeah i had one of the holes out there you know is <laughs> plus five <laughs> plus five on, on one hole. hole and if you're watching this on youtube you see that that image kind of tells the whole story of how that must have felt uh for kids uh who's normally a very deadly um match play and team play guy i always like seeing kisner out there when it's a presence cup rider cup if he if he makes the team i think he adds a, a really cool component to it definitely but it just shows you everybody kind of struggles man I everybody has a bad haul we may see kids on that team um he struggled some guys did struggle um what was cool was um seeing some names on the leaderboard that you know you don't normally see up there and one of them was aaron rye and this is this young gun that here's a guy who is he's a student of Piers and andy friends of ours from me and my golf yeah and here he is and look at that look at that logo tv coverage for me and my golf like yep. congrats guys that's super cool to see one of your prized students make it this far and to see your logos of, of your youtube channel and your content company uh right there on the tv super it's cool. such a testament yeah. too to um the instruction that they do and how good they are from a coaching standpoint uh these guys too they've been on on youtube and creating content for as long as we can remember yeah. so you're right it's, it's cool when you see the non-conventional content breakthrough to the more conventional broadcast yeah. in that way. And it's just, yeah, definitely something you don't see every day is a, is a YouTuber's logo on a PGA right. Tour player's shirt right. out there. And I know that's something that we've discussed way back when. Yeah. How do we get that? And I know the price tags were oh, pretty hefty on those. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a, a serious GoFundMe if that's going to happen for golf. Right. Um, uh, and the last thing before we, we leave the Zurich with the Brandon Grace talk about oh, crazy rulings. And just in this case, just really bad luck. Uh, hit his shot into a stump. There was a hollow stump out there. Mm -hmm. And it landed inside of it. It's not a man-made object. It's right. part of the course. So, and there's no way you're going in a stump to hit it out. So it's a, he had to take his I own play. I feel so bad. Not not for that, but for Brandon Grace and uh, Higo, his partner. Um, they were dead middle of the fairway with a reachable par five on 18. All they had to do was make a birdie to get solo third. We're talking. Hundred and twenty thousand dollar difference in prize between for both of them. Yeah, and uh, Higo put it in the water. They had to up and down it to just save par, and they ended up falling to fourth. You know, and it was just a shame. You think that shame. stump in your backyard cost you money? Yeah, right. <laughs> that became a very expensive stump. That's for sure. Yep. But it tells you, man, when you get out there, there's there's a certain degree of luck because 
That ball is one bounce away from just being in a decent lie in the rough. Mm -hmm. And instead he lands in a hollow tree trunk. Right. So luck does does come into play a little bit. Absolutely. Do you think that course is going to get rid of that tree trunk now? They should. It's so pointless. I don't know. Either that or it becomes part of this. Put a plaque around it. (laughs) It becomes part of the drawdown. That's true. Part of the story. That's true. This is the exact stump where Brandon Grace, you know. I'd be so mad. Imagine the Tiger Rocket. TPC yeah. uh, Scottsdale. Yeah, he had like people move for him. That he had, yes, boulder. And then there, that's that's a, technically it's a, a movable object, right? But a stump is not. You can't just bring like forty guys yeah. in the gallery out and be like, let's rip this thing out, dude. <laughs> that would be pretty. Wild. Why not? Yeah, I know. It's it's technically that tree's dead. No, oh, yeah. it's it's. I think, and again, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm becoming the rules guy, and I do not want to carry that mantle because I do not know. Mm-hmm. But I believe that it has to do with the, whether it's a movable object, whether it's attached to the ground in any way. So, for example, like if a rock is loose or a stick is loose, meaning it's not embedded in the ground, you can move it as long as you don't move your ball. Mm-hmm. But if it's a root or whatever, you can't pull it out. One time, though, my father was playing golf with one of his buddies who just did not care. This guy was just like, you know, one of those guys. He, there was a brand new tree they had planted, like a, a sapling or whatever. It was mm. in his way. He just pulled it out. Oh, God. They're like, come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know, uh, let's not destroy the course. But to answer your question, I think that's it. it. It depends on how the rules decide whether it's actually part of the course embedding the ground or just an object on the course. Golf is weird sometimes. Yeah. In disc golf, it's like dead and unattached. So but it's like, right. So if... Like a tree is dead, but it's still standing. You can like push it over. There you go. And so, like that's what I was thinking. So a stump Techni- would be the same. It's still attached. Technically, right? it's, it's just dead. Dead. Dead, but attached. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it. Yeah, I feel like if it's dead, you could just like we got to bring a rules guy in on this. Like I don't know. Like I would. I would have so just kicked through that stump. <laughs> well, she was a pretty significant stump. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, she was. You know, but speaking of luck changing, one that we are just really hoping we see the luck change a little bit for is, is Ricky. Um, yeah. I mean, tough stretch here. As look you at see. this stretch of for 2022. He's got one, two. He's got five missed cuts, and then for the three tournaments he didn't miss the cut. His best finish is 42nd. He went 52 at the Arnold Palmer. You know, here there's a, there's a, a course that, and, and a, an event that he takes a lot of pride in and being there. I don't know. It's I, tough seeing this guy struggle. I'll be I, honest with you. I don't like to see him struggle, but at the end of the day, Ricky has amassed $40 million in career earnings. Oh, I don't think anyone feels bad for him. He's not. He's right. Not I, no, I'm saying him feeling losing bad for his house himself. anytime like, soon. I'm almost but. him right now. I just got married. Just had a baby. I got you know. I got more money than I'll ever need in my entire life. I'm still doing commercials. I'm still making money. I'm still marketable. People still love me. Life is good. I know these guys are competitive. They're they want to win. Yeah. They're competitive. But I mean, I agree that life could be worse for for Ricky, but. I think that there's some part of this that's weighing on him, and I think that's why he's having trouble getting out of this slump. Do you think he needs a reboot like Speed? I, I would Swing love to see everything. that. I, I would love to see even a mental game coach change. Who is he with now? Is he still not, with not Butch? Butch? I think Butch retired and recently came out of retirement for Harold Varner. Okay. I just heard that. But I'm pretty sure not too long ago, mm-hmm. Butch came out of retirement for Ricky. Yeah, B- Butch is very loosely retired. He's loosely retired. He's loosely retired. Doesn't take much to get Butch back off the couch. This guy loves golf too much. But like, why wouldn't a guy like Ricky just say, like, I'm going to live with Butch for a year and go to wherever Butch is set up and just 
practice and play and try and get better. Like bring it back to the beginning. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on that camp of just saying like I think a guy like Ricky, I'd like to see him just stop trying to change things and just cut loose, go back. I think Ricky went down a path, which I understand. He went down a path of trying to simplify things in his swing so that he could be more consistent. He left Butch. He left him? In 2021. People are scratching their heads on why. Why? So I know what happened. One thing with Ricky, I remember his game was very, was hot and cold, but it would get very hot, you know, mm-hmm. and he was, and, and he rode that wave really well, but he was very heavily reliant on his timing being right, his athleticism. And I know one thing he worked on with Butch was simplifying a lot of parts of his swing so he could be more consistent. Mm-hmm. But it makes me wonder, did he take a bit of the soul out of it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd like to see Ricky just go out there and just be like, you know, whatever, just like go back to his old ways for a little bit and say, right. who knows? I mean, there's, of course, there's a benefit to everything he worked on with, with, with Butch, but I think at some point you've got to cut bait, go back to the drawing board and then see what, what you can do from there. Maybe it is a mental game coach. I don't know, but I, I just, I'm not the one who's going to believe that the best is, is well behind Ricky. He's still young enough that he could have kind of a resurgence. I don't think he's the one who's just going to fade into the, you know, fade off into the horizon now. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think we're going to continue to see him grind out there. Um, you know, this isn't the end. Yeah, it's just, it's for now, even for the hopefuls among us, it's starting to get a little long in the tooth. It's like, okay, we, we got to see something from mm-hmm. him. We got to see something. Yeah. It's We're hating seeing him missing majors, missing team, you know, big team events, Ryder Cups, Presidents Cups. We're just so used to a decade of him always being there. Yeah. But I just don't think it's like an age type of thing. I think he's just got to mix something up. But also, like, when's the time to, like, let some new faces, you know? Yeah, I think the new faces are going to show no matter what. Like, some of these guys, like you said, like Morikawa and and Hovland, and, like, these guys are going to shine no matter what. But, I, I mean, I just think that there's got to be a way that Ricky can get himself back in the mix enough that he's not missing marquee events anymore, you know? Get himself somewhere back into that top 125 and get into get into the FedEx Cup playoffs get into like the players championship yeah, exactly you know that's what I'd like that's to see short, from him small goals yeah start there get there you know but uh speaking what of comebacks you, oh, yeah go ahead sorry I was just gonna say if Ricky's not able to come back in a relatively short period of time who do you think Puma hands the keys to the castle to mm. well you know they got a lot of eggs in that basket with uh Bryson right now and but he's Bryson arguably has a very different style. It's funny to see Bryson's injured and out. Ricky's not performing well. He's almost out. Yeah. Who else is out there for them? You know who I feel like shares a very similar style Woodland. is Van Royen. Yeah. But I don't know who he's with right now. But he's got a he's got a very more modern, like kind of cutting edge style yeah, on him, true. like a little bit more chance risk taker with his styles. I mean, I love it. I dig it. It's yeah. awesome. But yeah, I, I, it, Ricky's shoes are big shoes to fill because that was just a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, those two just went together. And and they still, in a lot of ways, Ricky will still be their number one promo guy. You know, you see it as far as social post. Like he had like the, you know, still like the full on yeah, Florida yep. print thing that they're going to use for their kind of wacky prints. But it, no doubt, it, it, they get a lot of exposure out of having him posted on his account and things like that. It's not nearly the same exposure they would have if Ricky was in contention on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, golf's, Golf's a weird and tough sport. I mean, we see guys who go their whole career. They win an event like four or five years ago. They haven't won in forever. And then all of a sudden they reemerge. Yeah. You know, and it or some happen. guys get hot and then they 
they disappear forever. But forever. I don't think Ricky's in that category because he was too good and too hot but for too long. He's missed way too much so far this year. It's almost like he's missed the Masters. He missed the players. Uh, I think he had a qualifier to get into the PGA. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you got to give it to him. He's trying. I know. He's trying to try qualify for the... But I, yeah, to me, I'd love to see him get through this year. But you, part of this, like, finds whatever it takes. A new swing coach, a mental game coach, and just uh, try to come back 2022 a little That's bit. That's it. Give it to, you know, one last full push. Well, speaking of that, not to jump all over the place, but this was breaking news last night. Phil has reemerged. Yes. And he has signed up for the first LIV event, as well as the PGA Championship to defend his title. Which... What I find interesting is if you remember, the PGA Tour commissioner, Jay Moynihan, he said that anybody who goes over to the LIV, this other, the Saudi, quote unquote, yep. Saudi league, was going to have a, a ban from the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean it can be banned from every event. There are certain events that are non-PGA Tour events. Right. You know, that's like the US Open. The US Open. Put on by the USGA. Mm -hmm. So interestingly, you see, you see um, Phil applying, you know, to be in the US Open, to be in the... the um, the Open Championship, which is the RNA. Pretty much all this. the majors are, are non-PGA, right? Right. So it makes me wonder, is he saying, all right, I'll go play in these events, the LIV events, and then I'll, you just know, I'll just majors? play the majors, even if I do end up getting banned. Right. But will he be banned? Will Is, is Jay going to hold gonna true on that and say, like, you're done? But also, will, he has to. will these, like, USGA and the RNA, like, like why would they let him compete? Like if the PGA Tour is not going to let him compete, like aren't they That's all kind of in cahoots? And like, didn't the Masters well, the, say that they didn't want it's Greg a great and question. Phil to be there? Like, I don't think there's any difference, really. So, I mean, like, what's the ultimately? It goes down to what's the PGA Tour's motivation for banning someone for playing in these other events? Mm -hmm. And and I, I think more so Phil's individual problem was was what he had said. But it, I think yeah. each individual organization has to make their own decision of whether or not that's forgivable. When are these events? Are they like in the week? Are they Monday through Wednesday? Like, do we know yet? I don't know, but but, but they should be. I I was thinking Monday the kind night? of the same camp you were. We were talking about it last week about how it is th this this already is losing steam and it's not going to generate a lot of interest. But I tell you what, I I'm just starting to hear the rumblings about the se the season finale for this yeah. LIV thing. Did you hear about the F purse? The fifty million. Fifty million. It's insane. For one event. That's insane. Now, if that that is going to get people, if for no other reason than just the pure curiosity, people are going to turn on the television to see these guys are playing for $50 million this weekend. I, I want to watch this. I wonder if it's no cut. I wonder if you just, you play. I believe it's a match event. Mm. I believe they're going to do some sort of match style event. But, but it is gearing up. We are going to see something. So they've got it. They've got these on the, um, the uh, what do you call it? The schedule. I believe that final event is going to be at Doral. That's right. Which is a, a venue that's going to draw attention, of course, because it's it's a it's a big venue that's been around for a long time. Um, but I I just don't know which way this thing is going to go. You know, as far as I've heard now, fifteen of the top one hundred players have committed. Mm -hmm. But that could be guys. Give me that list. And it could be guys 85 through whatever, which are guys who are kind of on that fringe. Like Robert anyway. Garrigus is on that list. Yeah. So, you know, so I don't know if you told me 15 of the top 25 guys, we're going to be like, Oh, you got some, you got some names that you're yeah. pulling, but we'll see. We'll have to see. I think no matter what the first event, it will have some draw just because Phil will be playing in yeah, it. Of course. The purses, the size of the purses will get people. It's going to get a lot of eyeballs, but, some of the guys that they didn't get, 
was like the big names that they wanted, like Bryson. Yeah. I mean, Bryson, he's a guy who they, they threw a lot of money at him because they know that he's the one that at all eyeballs are on. And, and speaking of which, we talked last week about his hand surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, he committed to going under the knife and just getting it done. And we already saw him down in the Bahamas. It's, I mean, this is a way to recover, I guess. This is what to do it. One arm swings. One arm swings. Not too bad, huh? Even if you play that again, one arm club twirl. Even watch this. Even the club twirl. <laughs> That's cool. But um, what? But, yeah. Well, I, I, I what's hey, embarrassing he is he swings. That. He swings better than we do. He, he does. It's sad to say that, but he does. And I know this was a charitable event for him. It was something he was probably never going to miss. Um, and the fact that he was able to go out there and play it. Yeah. One handed. Well, cool. I think we've thought of our when when Bryson because we know, dude, we know you're a YouTuber now. When you're ready for that collab, I think we've got the idea. Us versus Bryson, he's mm-hmm. got to play one handed. Are we still best ball? We're still best ball, right. scramble, everything we can get. We'll play even from the forward tees. Everything. We need every advantage we can get. And he'll hey, play. Hey. <laughs> we might not want to do that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. He'll play from the, the tips with one hand and see if he can beat us. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Well, it's good to see that he's still got the spirit up. Yeah. You know, he's not just sitting at home moping around. That's but, good. But tell us about this other, this Max Homa story before this we This was great. Our- I saw this on Twitter. Uh, some guy went off. Uh, it's my birthday. Someone Venmo me the money. I keep losing betting on Max Homa. And then Max says, what's your Venmo? And then there was another clip that just showed the $5 showed up in his guy's account from Max Homa. Yeah. How cool is that? That's hilarious. <laughs> you, He's you, the gift that keeps you on know, He just, he truly is. There's a guy who just, uh, he's embraced Twitter and he's, he's, he's worth your follow if you're not already following Max yeah. Homa because mm-hmm. the, the guy is, is too funny. I, I see, um, you know, broadcast days for him in his future when, when he's ready to hang up the clubs Definitely. in many years because he's the type of personality that adds a lot of life to, to it. Oh, yeah. That's for Without sure. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But imagine that. All of a sudden, you just get in Venmo to five bucks from PGA Tour player. so cool. The story you're telling for forever. Yep, that's for sure. All right, let's do a uh, a quick word from our sponsors, and then we got a couple more things we want to dive into. We want to tell you a couple more big things that were in the news, including Dustin Johnson pulling the trigger, finally getting married, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people are talking about Mark Wahlberg's epic backyard. So we want to dive into that, and we've got a new story that just seems to be breaking the internet uh, about a couple who lived on the golf course and uh, a huge lawsuit settlement. So we want to get your take on that as well. But we'll meet you back after the head break and we'll talk about it. All right. We all have different ability levels and goals. The one thing we share is that desire to bring our best every single time we tee it up. And it all starts with choosing a golf ball you can trust. The Pro V1 is the best combination of speed, spin, and feel in the game. And the X gives you a higher flight and a firmer feel. But both deliver long distance, consistent flight, soft feel, and that all-important drop and stop greenside control. So whether you're Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, or Nelly Korda competing at the game's highest level, or simply striving to be the best you can be, tee up a Pro V1 at Pro V1X and always bring your best. Find out more at Titleist.com. Guys, the Tour Alpha shoes from FootJoy lead the pack as the most tech-focused, crazy comfortable, win-ready shoe in golf. The Tour Alpha is power reimagined, and it sets the standard of stability and comfort for today's athletes who demand the most secure 
foundation to maximize their power. We're always talking about getting power from the ground in your golf swing. That's why it's important. Uh, these shoes feature their most advanced stability system called the OPS system, providing ultimate support and control through the golf swing, uh, available in a variety of colors in the laced or that BOA mm -hmm. click lock, which I love. Uh, the shoe is all about power and performance, guys. You got to check it out for yourself. Learn more about the Tour Alpha at footjoy.com. And I want to thank Precision Pro. Um, we're loving the products out on the course. The R1 Smart Rangefinder. They've got a couple of products coming out soon. We're going to talk about that, but not today. But in the meantime, loving the R1, loving the Ace Smart. Uh, excuse me, the Ace Smart speaker, which we have magnetic on the cart with music bumping out there. It seems to be a cool theme out there lately. People listening to music out on the course. Uh, we got a chance to put these to work over the last couple months, and we really love how smart that rangefinder is uh features like find my rangefinder if you leave it on a hole before uh wind assist with the my slope feature that can factor in not only the slope but also how much the wind is taking off your shot or adding to your shot so hence smart that's what it's for you guys have to check it out it's probably the best rangefinder on the market go see it for yourself visit precisionprogolf.com and uh yeah yeah, it's changing the game for range. Finders. It really is. I mean, it's uh, stuff. They're thinking of stuff that we never thought was possible in a range finder. And with so many on the market, people are always like, "Which one do I go with?" Yeah. Well, so. you guys see us using the R1. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to our main YouTube channel, check it out there because we've also done a couple of breakdowns on how it works. Uh, but been super impressed with it. And like Mike said, it's something you've absolutely got to give a look to. All right, guys. So. <laughs> What would you choose? This is something that I saw just pop up the other day. I think it was Golf Digest. Yeah, Golf Digest put this one together. Um, if you had a million dollars on the line. Five, is it five mil? Oh, a million. million bucks yes. on the line. And you got to pick one of these options. I let's love when they see these. It just gets people talking because yeah, you never see. know which one. It, it basically, which one is your, your most Mr. Automatic in this case? Is it that Jordan Spieth gets up and down in the second, 72nd hole? Mm -hmm. like, uh, like option two is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, free kick in the 90th minute. Mm. Option three, Steph Curry, three-pointer in overtime. Mm. Or option four, Patrick Mahomes, third and nine in the fourth quarter. Who's your play? You can only put your money on one of those guys. Oh, man. It's so tough. I mean, I see a lot of comments are saying Steph. I think I got to go Steph here. I think you got it, right? I, I got, it's a three-pointer I mean, in overtime. Has made noise on the 72nd hole. Look, all these guys often. are pressure guys, but I think uh, if, if you're a golfer, you're reading this question and you're thinking, there's too many variables in there for speed. Yeah. Up yeah. and down from where? Tell me, talk to me about right. his lie, fella. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, I can't put a million bucks down without knowing about his lie. Mm -hmm. That's true. Or you know? With Steph, it's just give him a ball and give him some hardwood. Yeah. He's going out there and right. he's making that three-pointer. Yeah. I, I think I go spend my money there. Yeah, for sure. If, right. it, if it was like Tom Brady in the Super Bowl fourth quarter, like last drive, yeah, then it's, I'm it's, taking him every possible. single time. But like Patrick Mahomes, no, no, not a Mahomes guy. No, yeah. I would have to go with Curry as well. Yeah, that, I think Steph Curry is, is your, is your pick right there. there. But every once in a while, I enjoy these uh, these that pop up on social. Um, but speaking of which, this thing that everybody's been talking about, Mark Wahlberg. Um, we all We've kind of knew he had an epic backyard, but I guess more pictures of it have been emerging. Now, is this a, is can can we look this up on Zillow? I mean, like, can you go in depth and see this house inside and out? I don't know. I got to check. There, well, I guess that's. Yeah, I don't think he, he's, he's Zillow. He's this. posted a lot of content. <laughs> I've noticed that he definitely has posted a lot of content, and he's been doing like 
content with golfers mm-hmm. playing yeah. in his backyard. With someone recently like with a uh, match Abraham at, answer. Yeah. I love this comment here though. Our guy Travis from PJ Memes immediately hopped in and said, Should we uh shoot a quick home course episode before you sell it, Mark? Yeah. So I guess the, I guess that's why we're seeing more of it is because it's up for sale. Mm-hmm. $87.5 million home. Uh, he's got a, he's got a basketball full court basketball court, but behind it he's got this amazing golf practice facility area. That's all that kind of that fake yeah, turf. Yep, you can kind of see it over on the left on the left that's of the a, basketball a court. Fairway, that's right? one of his driving ranges, or that's one of his tee boxes. Yeah, and he hits from over there, kind of like up over, to that green. yeah, to the green on the right. And he also uses the mountain as a little bit of a um, driving range. He just blast drives into the side of a mountain. That's, that's really wild. cool. And where is this? Where? Uh, like the where hills. Yeah, I'm saying, could you imagine having not only that house, but that much land in that area that you could put a driving range in your backyard? Yeah. Crazy. You and know he, how much his like, land costs? It's ridiculous. Yeah. So if you buy that house, I mean, this is not a house you go and get a mortgage on, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe these guys, even with the money, they mortgage it because then they're may, you know maybe they're more more on return than true. You know, but just we can dream. We, we can, can dream. only dream. Now the other side of that coin, from building a epic golf facility in your backyard to living perhaps a little too close to a uh, and you live this a little bit i i sort of have i've lived once one of my houses that i lived before i moved i was on a golf course in one of those cul-de-sacs near mm-hmm. golf course personally i loved it because you know right in that last half hour of sun like sunlight before it was completely pitch dark and all the golfers were off the course i'd go out there and i yeah, just walk through the woods, work right? on my short game a little mm-hmm. bit but this is making the rounds because uh, if you read just the headline it can sound a little bit frivolous um, but this couple that lived on a golf course was awarded $5 million uh, because they claim that in the time they've been living there, uh, over 700 golf balls have peppered their house. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, everyone reads the headline and jumps in with the, that's what you get. You lived on a golf course. You knew you were moving on a golf course. But I guess, and I've been reading through some of the comments, I guess there was a little bit more to this. I, I From what I'm hearing, the golf course, the tee box was, was positioned in a way that put this this house like way too accessible. Um, yeah. I don't know the exact layout, but but imagine, let's say you had a, a hard dog leg right and you know 220 yards out, immediately there was a house. Right. So you know what I'm saying? It's not like these are hugely errant shots. Mm-hmm. It's just... And, and golf courses can put signs up or whatever. I guess this couple, and I don't know all the details, but I guess they had petitioned the golf course to make the, some changes to take their house out of the line of fire. It hadn't happened. It had to eventually get to a lawsuit. Now, they claim it was like an emotional distress because they said that basically they couldn't even use their backyard or their kids couldn't use the backyard because at any time... There were golf yeah, balls flying so. wildly. Danger zone. Which, but also like balls hitting the house and stuff. Like, could you imagine just no. living your daily life and then just like a yeah. rocket <laughs> getting hit into the side of your house? Like, I can't. I and I can imagine it less even with kids. If it was you know just Uh-oh. me, I'd be like, okay, there goes another one maybe. But uh, I, now knowing and having kids, if if I can't say, yo, kids, go play in the backyard, because right. if you're a parent, you know that that's like your salvation sometimes. Or if you have they're running young, around the house screaming, and you're like, just go out and play in the yard. You have a and, young kid, you just put it down to sleep. Yeah, and the ball goes ball through their window. <laughs> then you feel for the you know in a lot of ways where you're just like, 
hey, I would be worried about my kids' own safety. But so um, they got the money. Like now, what? Well, like, I guess question, right? I guess there's an ability to the, now. Now it's been rectified because the the course part of I guess the lawsuit has moved the tee box and they're no longer in the line. Okay. Um, but I guess there there is the ability that, that it could be appealed. Um, and, and I don't know if we're going to get to that point. And also, you know how these things are sometimes, Mike, they're so sensational. It says $5 million, but like the people never get anywhere near that. Right. You know, you ever they see were, those awards? They were actually sure like the court deemed like $3.9 million, um, to be like their settlement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the rest was all interest. Yeah. It says 3.5 million for damages and mental and emotional suffering with, the. F- ballooning to 4.9 million with interest. The course uh, has since altered the tee box on the 15th hole um, to end a barrage of balls that were hit into the house. And the, the course plans to appeal the case. So who knows? The, the people, I mean, uh, at the surface, it's easy to understand, get angry and think like they got this huge payout for just getting some golf balls in their backyard. The reality is it could get back and forth in appeals. They could never see the money. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm understanding, they did the lawsuit because just no one would listen to them and stop it. Right. But one or two golf balls short, 700 golf balls into your house. Uh, yeah, you can imagine what your siding looks like. I know, like. right? Seriously. Rates are going like, up like at Swiss that course. Like Swiss cheese. What? I, mean, I said rates are going up at that course. Yeah, and you, I, you almost wonder, like, I don't want to swing the pendulum too far in in their favor, but I'm putting myself in their shoes. You can get to a point too where your house can become unsellable. Right. You go list it on the market. Now people are coming to look at it and they see 500 ball marks on the side. And like, I don't want to live here. Well, I don't think it's going to be sellable now. Well, now supposedly if they're no longer in the line of fire. Okay. Yeah. From what they say, they've moved the tee box so that they're not directly in line. That makes me think of Ramsey Country Club. I don't know how well you remember oh, it from yeah, the one that round, thing. but on the back nine, going up to that green, it was just surrounded by houses. Yes. And I hit the siding of a the house. The one house is in the rough. It's literally- There's no the woods. It's L- just in the rough. Yeah, it's right there. It's insane. And so. that, that was what I was thinking of. The, the siding on that house yeah. has all those dents and I've in hit it. it. And there's dents, yeah. Dents yeah. all over it. I guess they don't care. Who knows? Like living on the country club. Whatever the disc difference is, I don't know. Anyway, let us know what you guys think about that one in the comments because it has been very polarizing reading the comments of some people saying it seems totally frivolous to other people saying like, I hear them, like you're trapped and you need some way out of it. Um, That was was wild. Uh, What else do we have here, Mike? We talked a little bit about Paul, uh, DJ and Paulina getting married. I'll be honest with you. I don't kind of follow the... um, off course stuff that much when it comes to these guys' personal lives. It wasn't until this thing came out that I didn't realize that they weren't married. Yeah, that's what Zach said. Yeah, could've I thought totally, they were. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were married. So I knew they were engaged. I knew they had kids, but and like DJ and Wayne Gretzky had like their shoe line come out. Like, yeah, how are you gonna go do like a shoe line with a dude that may not end up marrying your daughter? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it was like for all intents and purposes they were married, and this was like. Just just sealed it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they had their kids together and why not just make it official type of thing? But DJ's now a married man. He's a married man. So what does that mean? Does that mean he drops in the world ranking? Isn't that <laughs> the formula? Going back to that that cringeworthy Morikawa. Yeah. Um, that cringeworthy comment. Interview. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then also we had another thing this week, big thing was John Daly and Little John signing a mutual uh, sponsorship with Hooters. Interesting. We said before how well-placed Cobra and Ricky were. I don't think anything goes better 
together. They fit that brand so and, well. Yeah. You know, like the Dailies and Hooters. The Dailies and, and Hooters goes go together like Jack and Coke. Yeah, and I think little JD is going to be uh, following his dad's footsteps and, and probably inking all those same sponsors as he goes along. Well, and yeah, now this needs new rule changes where collegiate, you know, sponsorships, right. uh, this is evidence of that, that it can, it can work out and it can be lucrative yeah, for some for of these sure. guys. Um, but I think, yeah, John Daly, it's probably one of those, I'm here every weekend anyway, you might oh, as well it sponsor was me. <laughs> so funny. He did an interview about it and just talking about like, yeah, it just lined up with, you know, our visions lined up and yeah. stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's just like. So funny. He should have said field of view, like like in Seinfeld. If something crosses my field of view. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Anybody who's really deep in Seinfeld will remember that one. Right. The pasta primavera. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. My field my of view. My field of view. Anyway, that's everything we have for you guys this week. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're not already part of the Golficity Clubhouse, make sure you go to golficity.com slash clubhouse. Join us in there. We've got a private chat. A lot of what we talked about here came directly from that. Love getting in there and mixing it up with you guys. And at the end of the month, month of May, we're going to run this through the whole month of May. We're going to randomly pick one person from the clubhouse to give away a Titleist TSI driver. So that's our way of kind of giving back. We love the community. We love what you guys do for Golficity. We love having you as part of the Golficity community. And we've created this clubhouse as a place for everybody to get together virtually. And a lot of people are getting together from it physically. You know, mm-hmm. hey, are you in this area? Let's link up for, for a round. That's what I love about it. Golf is a game that's best when it's shared. Mm-hmm. So that's make true. sure you check out golficity.com slash clubhouse to join. And we'll see you all again next week. <laughs> <laughs>